Hello, this is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm your host for the Self-Made as a Myth, Make a Difference Together show, where we are chatting with successful business owners to hear their story of the journey to building their business. And because we know that success in business is not something that we can do on our own, we're recognizing the folks who have helped us along the way. And today, I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from Pennsylvania with us. And my guest loves blockchain, as well as helping others use social media. In his downtime, he loves to learn new things in tech and communication. And he does that uh, by listening to a ton of audiobooks. And he's most proud of the culture that he's built in the MacGyver Tech team. It's my pleasure to welcome Mac to the show today. Hello, Mac. Hey, how you doing? Pleasure to be here. I am awesome. Thanks for asking. So, hey, let's start with having you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit of your personal story, like where you were born and live, about your family and your hobbies. Sure. Yeah. Now, I started in humble beginnings in uh, South Jersey. I went to Rowan University. Um, well, I'll back that up a little bit. Uh, I went to Delcy Regional High School in South Jersey. Was active in the sports, played football, baseball, a little basketball. Was also on the track team. Um, so it's a little background on me. Always been a little bit of a nerd. Always really loved taking things apart um, and uh, kind of like this kind of building, you know, building things as a kid. Had a lot of extra parts, but I guess they weren't needed. <laughs> you know, but that's just me. I was a natural tinker, if that makes sense. So, you know, uh, fast forward a little bit. You know, I really was uh, really attracted to math and sciences. So, you know, I, I wound up initially going to Rowing University. I was going for electrical engineering and I was going to switch to computer science. Uh, but then that was around the time that that school got donated a lot of uh, money from uh, Henry Rowan, um, who put a lot of money into computer science department. So I wound up staying and not going to Rockers, which was kind of nice. Um, it stayed local. Um, once I finished school there, I lived, uh, I moved up into the Boston area, worked for some tech companies up there. Uh, and then I came back down here after about seven years or so living up in the, in the bean town. Um, you know, I actually got to be experiencing the whole thing. What's like to win a lot of Super Bowls with Tom Brady. And uh, when that all happened, so it's kind of unique, especially being a Philadelphia fan. We're used to heartbreak in the city, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's like, it's like, I was like, oh, my God, this is what it's like, huh? <laughs> you know, anyway. So, um, so I kind of enjoyed it, you know, um, I kind of, you know, re uh, really kind of, you know, uh, took in the uh, development stuff. And I worked for another company that did some government work called CSI Computer Software Incorporated. That was my last job. Um, I wound up, you know, um, working for some people that I just kind of, you know, I started doing everything other than make the money. And I got smart enough to start up my own thing. And, you know, fast forward about 10 years later, and here we are running MacGyver Tech slash Mac Nerd. And we're pretty much a secure focused software dev shop. So kind of brings a little full circle. So that's, uh, you know, uh, interesting. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your family. Sure. I mean, my family, you know, my mom, you know, uh, you know, really... Honestly, the thing is, she wasn't really so much the education and stuff like that. Math and sciences around fifth grade, I kind of was already surpassing her. And, and you know, I, I God bless my mom. She really means well, but she, you know, really the help in that department. So I kind of started doing a lot of stuff on my own. Honestly, one of the funniest stories, actually speaking, my mom, if you want to kind of know, is she kind of uh, said, you know, I don't remember this because I was a toddler, but I used to take apart my crib with my thumb and it would just collapse in on me because obviously it needed the screws to hold it up. But, you know, I was always just, I was trying to escape. <laughs> I was trying to get my way out. So I was I was taking things apart my whole life and boarding warranties pretty much, you know, all of my childhood. So I was not making my parents happy. <laughs> so there's a little story of me there. Um, so cool. Awesome. Fantastic. So tell us, is there a funny story that your family likes to 
to tell about you that you'd be willing to share with us today? I mean, I think that little story right there with me with the crib collapse. And I mean, it's a very humbling story, you know, knowing that basically, you know, uh, you know, I'm trying to escape doing goodwill, get out, but in the process, you know, whole thing collapses in. <laughs> so I guess there's a kind of a, a story of trying not to get too ahead of yourself. Yeah. But I guess I didn't learn, and I've been, you know, <laughs> my whole childhood as I was going through that journey. Now you mentioned uh, earlier that you you took things apart and put them back together, and you had spare parts. So I just... did, yeah. So I would try to make little robots and a little electronic stuff. I was even at that young age, I was playing around with a soldering iron. I was hacking my like video game consoles, like Atari, <laughs> Xbox, yeah. Nintendo. I'd taken every single one of them apart. Um, now I I did that. I took stuff apart too and had extra parts and it never worked. So when you put it back together, did it work without those parts? Sometimes. <laughs> um, one of the biggest things as a kid that you know my vacuum we were, we grew up pretty humble and really not you know not you know we grew up pretty poor and you know we couldn't afford to like like say our vacuum cleaner would break. My job was to go in there and fix it. So I would have to do all these creative kind of things like if the belt broke <laughs> and we didn't have the money to buy the belt, I would have to super glue the belt pull them together and kind of uh, guyver the, the vacuum cleaner <laughs> together. I felt like a little Kirby salesman back then. And it was kind of, I was just learning how to kind of fix all this stuff as I went through it, basically, you know, with no <laughs> training, awesome. this kind of bulldozing through it. So I don't know. I kind of, I guess I take that knowledge as a kid and learning to be really creative about problem solving has yeah. probably helped me, you know, even today. I love it. Um, so tell us, Mac, uh, how did the business come about? And at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business? Hmm, that's a really good question. So um, I was working for, you know, a company, I don't want to name names, but, you know, uh, you know, and they, you know, the problem is they got complacent. They started putting a ton of responsibility on me. I was doing all the work. I was building the team. I was doing everything other than merely making the money. And And when I try to have conversations about that, I fell on deaf ears. Mm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try, you know, try my own. I went up, we're getting really lucky. There was an opportunity that showed up that wanted to give me a really good base to start as a company. Um, I had to work my tail off personally. I did whatever it took. I wound up, you know, living out of a suitcase for a little while mm. and, uh, you know, just, you know, did what I had to do to build my, um, you know, network. I was around the same time, you know, we had a new family member come into our life. You know, I have Logan as a kid. So he kind of like came in, you know, as I was starting to go through this process. So you can only imagine how chaotic that might be. <laughs> my wife at home with a kid, you know, here I am traveling out doing all this stuff. And she's like, you know, I think I'm gallivanting all over the world where I'm just trying to obviously give us, you know, a future here. Mm. So um, uh, a lot, I didn't know how hard it was. <laughs> Honestly, now in hindsight, I don't know if I want to jump as fast and hard as I did, knowing how much work is involved in running a business. Because boy, it's much more than you would ever imagine. It's like literally the best and the worst job all in one. <laughs> so, Mac, tell us a little bit more about the company. What's the name? What do you guys do? How do you help people? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, I actually have two companies. One of them, the primary is MacGyver Tech, and we've been around for probably about 10 years. And we're just a custom software dev shop and we build software solutions to help companies basically whatever they need. There's a lot of you know products out there that do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but none of them really care about the company itself that they're serving. They care about the product and churning as many as they can. We don't have that methodology. We build them exactly what they need. Hmm. And we tie together all their systems. We have a very security focused mindset. 
Uh, we are an active member of the FBI InfoGuard. We do work with FBI cybercrime sometimes, and we have a very security-focused mindset. So we kind of make sure everything we do is really secure in today's day and age. You know, you can't take that lightly. Um, and something that we care about. And uh, I, I'm really happy about the culture. We spent the last couple of years going through executive coaching, personality profiles, finding the right persons for the right seats, like mm -hmm. all the things you do growing up as a business. So that's been a humbling and really cool journey. And, you know, some of those audio books I think you mentioned are honestly not what you would think because I'm, I'm a tech nerd at heart, right? You would think I really want to gravitate towards maybe sci-fi tech stuff. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> doing exact opposite. I'm learning how to be a better, a more effective communicator. I'm learning how to work on all the soft skills, the stuff that never, ne never came natural to me. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the math and science stuff I can skate by because I have a natural ability there. But boy, someone with ADHD, you know, I'm, I'm naturally good at not listening. <laughs> I'm a little bit on the autistic scale, so I'm a little handicapped on the emotional intelligence side. So it's extremely fascinating to learn about this stuff that never came natural. And then, boy, that's a whole, it's been really humbling and enlightening to learn that kind of stuff, you know, at my age now, you know, I wish I'd known younger, probably made me more effective communicator, but yeah. being a leader, I have no choice. You know, if I'm a horrible communicator, I'm probably going to be a horrible leader, <laughs> you know? So, you know, I'm doing everything I can to self-empower myself, better myself every day. I'm a lifelong learner. You know, I try to challenge myself as much as possible and I try to do good things with good spirit and good intentions. You know, I'm a giver. I, I do. I think you mentioned about social media. One of the things is I do have a pretty good following, especially on Twitter. And I use that as a vehicle to give back to people less fortunate myself. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it for five years now or so. And um, it's kind of rewarding in its own right. A lot of people use social media for a lot of wrong things and bad things and misinformation. It's like diarrhea. I'm like trying to go the other direction. I'm doing inspirational quotes. I'm trying to give to people that I was fortunate myself. You know, all the things I think we're missing a little bit in humanity, trying to soften the edges a little bit. Wonderful. What's the second business? So the second business is Mac Nerd Enterprises. And that is a, a company solely focusing on blockchain development. Um, blockchain is a, a technology that, you know, you might have heard the buzzwords, but it's really a new phase of the internet that's secured at the network layer. It's worth a lot of money, some of these things. Probably heard a lot of stuff of scams and stuff. Fortunately, a lot of people that see newer technologies always try to take advantage of people. It is really kind of a groundbreaking technology once it, you know, becomes fully integrated with society. But it's already, you know, this is something that's not going anywhere. And it's really, you know, we've had the information age of, of the Internet, but now we're going into the Internet of value. And this is a way of controlling all that yeah. in a way that, you know, you can actually have value in something not like, you know, if I copied a Word document, how valuable is the copy? That's not like that on the blockchain. And these there's, there's probably, I don't know, a few hundred billion dollars moved a day in this area, and it's worth trillions of dollars. I mean, it's nothing to sneeze at. So we're just building stuff in that area. If you ever heard of a buzzword, smart contract, NFT projects, tokens, we build those software things that go on and live on the blockchain. That's kind of cool. It's a whole different world. Yeah. That's why we had to create a new company because we were trying to do that type of work under MacGyver Tech. And my marketing people were pulling their hair out. They were like, what is this? And <laughs> sell this. And it doesn't, you, you have Amheiser beer people as your customers. You can't talk like that to them. <laughs> so it's like there's a whole different 
you so know, and so we separated it and it was for good and it's been great. We built like 15 projects in the last year. Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. So Max, share a story where uh, someone pushed you or inspired you that you could do it, even though maybe you didn't think you could and the impact that that person had on you. Wow. I mean, that's actually a really good question. So one of the actually when I was going through that transition period and I was working for somebody and there happened to be a project I picked up that I was working for for the company. And that person identified, he's like, listen, you know, you're smarter than this. Why are you kind of dealing with this? And he kind of like made the light bulb kind of go off mm. and kind of let said, hey, listen, you know, you're making all the you're making all the shots here. You're doing everything. Why are you answering somebody? And and then I had an opportunity to show up. I jumped all over it and uh, I never looked back. Congratulations. That's awesome. Uh, so um, terrifying, exciting, all in one. <laughs> I, I tell you what, going out on your own can be really exhilarating, but you know, it's really like also you're like, oh my God, like you know, you have to kill what you and you hunt what you kill kind of thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's not like everybody thinks like that. Like my wife, she's she works for Boeing, been there for 20 years, collects a paycheck every day. Risk aversion doesn't, you know, when I start the business, eh, probably not a good idea. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and, I, uh, I find that uh, couples are usually opposite, right? We, yeah. we attract our opposite because we know that we need our opposite to be complete. So that's awesome, right? You're more yeah. the risk taker. She's the, the more conservative person. Yeah. You get to I'm a the good bull in the China shop. <laughs> yeah, Matt, you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned the ups and downs, right? That it was, it's the best thing you've done and also the most scariest. So you've probably had a lot of learning through the, the years. What's your biggest learning as an owner? Not every business is good business. Hmm. Be careful who you pick up as customers because they can be toxic and you not know it. And, you know, this is a small development shop. We've worked with very large companies and sometimes you get personality people on these large companies that aren't exactly paying the bill, but are a decision maker. Mm. And they like to throw the political weight around and, you know, not exactly know what's going on. And they had their own self agenda, not the the product and overall success. Their own success is the only mm. thing they care about and mm. they can destroy relationships. And I've seen that happen. I've had to go to litigation for a customer for $650,000. Wow. Yeah. Talking about being terrified. And um, I almost lost my business. I basically stuck in there and I had to sell everything I had, all my every everything I had to liquidate to stay afloat. And I did that. And then I got lucky. Um, I wound up having hiring really good lawyers. They wound up getting an early settlement. I almost ran out of money. I literally hung in there like Rocky to last punch. And then <laughs> you know, I had a lawyer called me, say, hey, they settled. Within a week or so, I got my checks. And I was able to stay, you know, to move on. And then I, you know, kept building from there. And it was like literally like a V straight down and straight up. The one thing I can say is stay in there. The worst thing you can do is give up. Yeah. You know, you got to be, you know, there's going to be extremely challenging times, even for people like Elon Musk. You know, there wasn't too far of a past when he was struggling and begging his friends for money so he can keep his payroll going for his Tesla company that was struggling. Yeah. Now look at him you just got to stay in the game is the best thing I guess, you know, I could say is like, you know, just find a way to survive and be tenacious. And, you know, and when those times come, you just got to make sure you take, you know, take the time to do it. Otherwise, you know, it could be the end of the road, it could be the end of whatever you're doing. 
And, you know, that could be devastating for a lot of people. I just, I'm unhirable. I have no other option. <laughs> so I had to just march forward, in my opinion. So I just see it that way. It's like, that's my only option, really. Um, you know, I've been on my own for too long of a time. You know, I'm probably not a good fit for somebody. Maybe, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I love that I'm unhirable. I it it's uh it's important though to know right are we all in or not? Right? The success yeah. isn't going to come if we're well, you know still have one foot in the corporate world and one foot in our own business. Um, we mm-hmm. you know we've got to go all in and we've got to we've got to approach it of this has to work because to your point right there's it's a bit of a roller coaster ride and we need to be able to ride you know ride out that roller coaster and. And I love your illustration of the V, right? Oh. That's a that's a real true, right? Almost out of business story. That... I mean, you see these gray hairs. I think they're going in a whole lot faster <laughs> than they should be. Uh, I'm telling you, it's some of the most stressful, humbling life lessons I've ever went through going through that. Yeah. It has made me a better person. I've realized who I am. I realized I can actually go that far. Mm. You know, that's one thing I didn't even know I could do that. Sure. Yeah. You know, I learned a lot about myself. I realized I had more grit than I thought I did. <laughs> Good for you. You know, <laughs> and that's that's kind of humbling, too, to know that, you know, when it really came push to come to shelves. I mean, some people, you're going to find out what, what you're made of sometimes when it gets tough. Yeah. When it's going easy, you know, that's not when you're going to find out who you are. <laughs> Fair enough. So you know? we know business success doesn't happen in isolation. So tell us about the, uh, and maybe it was the story you just shared. What's the biggest challenge you faced over the years and and maybe a fellow business owner who came alongside you and helped you get through that? Sure. Actually, it's a really good segue because that catastrophe that happened and I had to go to that lawsuit spawned something in me that made me go ahead and work on my weakness. My weakness was networking. I had, I was lucky enough, had a decent number of clients and I had, you know, the 80-20 rule kind of thing, the 20-80 kind of thing. I had enough clients give me a good amount of money on a monthly basis that it made sense. But then one of them fell through, cost a whole lot of money, had to go to litigation, almost lost everything. So what I did is I went out and I went commando about networking. One point was doing 150 Zooms in a month, probably a bit much for most human beings, but I went out of my way to meet as many people as I possibly can. And all I did is look for two things in people, really one thing, if you're a giver or you're a taker. Mm. And all I did is attract myself to the givers. Yeah. And I gave first. I don't I expect anything. I give first. And that opens up the relationships with people much easier. And I just did tons of that. I probably meet a thousand people a year. Wow. And I just kept doing that and doing that and doing that. And, you know, the most important thing you need to do is build your network, is talk to every living soul you can yeah. when you're starting. I mean, that's what I did. And I just kept building finding people to get me to more people, to the right people. And now I'm connected to Fortune 100 companies and billion dollar companies to all amazing relationships. I get connected to movie producers in Hollywood, connected to royalty in the music industry, all from just networking and meeting people. And wow, it's amazing to see in this life. It's re- I think the universe kind of rewards you for making connections to others. And I just kind of do that. And um, it's been very... It's the one thing that helps you get through this when you need to build the network to help you build your business. Yeah, I, I like what you're saying about, you know, we we get what we give. So if you, you know, your philosophy, of, if you give first, then, you know, there's going to be a a, a a return on that. 
Um, it may not be immediate, it may not be direct, but people remember when you help them and they have a natural desire to help you back. Right. And I actually joined a, a thing years ago called BNI. I don't know if you ever heard of that. And they yeah. have a little term that still sticks with me today. It's called Giver's Game. Yeah. And I always, and you know, just to kind of actually not just kind of say, hey, I did this. I want to show something on the wall. That's okay. So yeah. those plaques are up there. When I broke the record for the number of referrals in a year, there were 180 referrals. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, I was atrocious at that. When I first joined BNI, I was like holding my card like, hi, my name is Stephen McKean. We do software development. Are you interested in working with us? Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, what are you selling? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't even matter. So I kind of really learned how to public speak, get in front of a lot of business owners, Good pitch. On, and, and that is like, and I was atrocious at it. You know, I was at the bottom of the barrel. But by the time I left, yeah. I rose to the top. And I challenged myself, mm. you know, and I forced myself to do that. It was terrifying at the time. <laughs> Most people would rather die than public speak, to be honest. And I was one of them. <laughs> so, hey, Mac, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. If uh -oh. I was to ask you to pick three people in your business owner journey that you're most grateful for being there um, for your in terms of getting your business to, to continue growing as it has. Who are those three people and how they help you? Well, two of them are going to be my team members. One of them is going to be John Hoyos, who's my COO. He was initially hired to do business development. Within a month, he hit his three-month targets. He was an all-star. And he's helped organize our entire organization. What I mentioned about our culture is not due to me. You know, as somebody who is a little devoid of emotional intelligence and probably not the sharpest tool in that area, <laughs> John is exact opposite of me. He's helped build a team, get the right people in the right seats absolutely instrumental of getting us over to that next phase of where we are. Awesome. And his partner is Nayella, um, who initially came on as my EA and she had a very stiff competition. We literally had five people down the line and she wasn't my first choice. John said there's something special about her. So I gave her a chance. She's now our security operations manager mm -hmm. and she's really moved up and uh, has been an instrumental part and in basically it's the assembly lining, all our operations with John, her and John are like a team, a unit. So I was, I'm extremely grateful for having them in my organization and being friends with them as well. We wouldn't be here today if I didn't have them in my team, 100%. Yeah. And the other one is, um, his name is Justin Justice, and he's an executive coach. Uh, he's out of the Jacksonville, Florida area. And I became good friends with him and he's helped me work with the team uh, and, and help, you know, analyze all the right team members, get them in the right seats, mm -hmm. you know, help me be a more an effective communicator, find out where my strengths and weaknesses, because ironically, um, if you do a disc assessment on me, and you know what that is, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'm a high DC, and they said uh, the best way to kind of say who my uh, personality profile is, is exactly like Steve Jobs. Mm. Like mine and his are very same. So I share the same pluses and minuses of him. <laughs> yes. You know, and his minuses are he wasn't the nicest person to people. You know, I tend to put tasks over people mm -hmm. in my younger years. Now, I've, as I said, I've been working on being more of an effective communicator. I'm really been working on that. So it's like something to me is what it's really humbling, even though I have maybe some of the raw talents that Steve Jobs has. It's extremely humbling. And he's been a big inspiration in my life. And I want to kind of I like what he does and how he went about solving the problems. I kind of think like that. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make you know, like software better, security better. I'm always like looking at how to make things better. You don't have to make the first product of something, 
but you can make it much better. Like look what they did with the mobile phones. Sure. Yeah. And right. the IMAX. I mean, you know, they, they were very inspirational. So I kind of like, I needed some people that, you know, being so high on that scale, I need people to complete the opposite. So John is exactly opposite of that. And Naya also fits in there. So we have a diagram where everybody's fit nice. They, there's a lot of things that happen without my knowledge. Mm. Yeah. That's fantastic. Which is kind of nice, you know. Well, it is. So for, uh, you know, somebody who, you know, wants to have results, you know, yesterday, that's that high D, right? And somebody who is very perfectionist, the high C, right? You need somebody who's going to be able to pull back and go, all right, now what are the steps that we have to get there? And how, how do we take care of the people and nurture them and, right, and make them feel appreciated? So, as you know, those are not my strengths. <laughs> so, I mean, 100%. And, you know, to build a good culture, those are things that are really needed. Yeah. And, you know, for the earlier years of my career, I didn't even know that. And my problem was, is my perception was actually that I wasn't laying on enough of the DC and I was laying <laughs> a little bit more. Yeah. So yeah. I was, I was like pushing the gas pedal through the floor. You know, it was absolutely <laughs> the wrong way to communicate. Yeah. Now I've yeah. learned how to pull it back. I've learned how to mask and mirror. I learned how to communicate with people more effectively and tone down those idiosyncrasies from my ADHD and the autistic <laughs> side and really pay attention to conversations and slow myself down to be more effective. Yeah. Well, and, what, I, what I love about that is you're, first of all, there's awareness, but more importantly, you're doing something about it, right? You're, you're informing yourself, you're educating yourself, you're working on becoming better right? You'll never be a, a, a an IS, but right, you're being more aware of what an IS wants and, and mm, being able to, to give them what they need to be able to be successful. So fair. I had no idea what they wanted before. I was giving them a DC and they hated it. <laughs> <laughs> they threw it right back in my face. I mean, for a long time, I always wondered why I struggled in relationships and I would be off-putting to some people. Yeah. And I had no idea why. Yeah. Yeah. Now I kind of do. Yeah. And then if the situation does show up, I'm kind of like, what happened here? Mm -hmm. I analyze it and I try to find my way, you know, to, you know, I'm trying to do the best thing. I don't want to, I'm, I'm doing principle-based thinking here. I'm not trying to do ego-driven thinking. You know, I'm, I'm also applying stoicism here. I'm trying to you know, move, remove emotion from my decision-making process. Yeah. You know, and these are, these are not easy things to do. I can tell you that. <laughs> Not for somebody like myself. <laughs> so, Mac, last question here. I know that uh, uh, you being a serial uh, networker, you'll appreciate this. So Jim Rohn, right, great uh, business guru, he says, we become the average of the five people we spend the most time with. So as you think about that quote, what advice would you have for business owners who are trying to do it on their own, who think that they don't need others and, and shouldn't uh, ask for help from others? Um, you need everybody. I mean, it, I mean, even my competitors, I'm, you know, you can't, you can't, if you have a silo mindset, you're not going to get so far. I mean, you might make a little bit of a business, but if you're interested in some long-term success here, you, you, here's the best way to think about it. If you want to go fast, you can go by yourself, mm. but if you want to go far, you need a team. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So that's a, a what some kind of, quote I've learned years ago and I always kind of resonate with me it's like you know you really need a team to take you far because there's going to be situations like you know you're going to need like 
you know, kind of think of like, you know, back in times, like you need like a locksmith to get you through a door sometimes, or you're going to need somebody that's going to be a little bit more stealthy. You're going to need, you need these team members in certain situations that you're going to need to in business and life that you couldn't get through. Like, trust me, if I had to do the operations, I'm going to want to jump off the bridge. You know, <laughs> it's the last thing I want to do. I'll, I'll do it grudgingly, yeah. but you know, where I'm effective is I'm a, I'm a visionary. I can see way further in the future. I'm a good at seeing connection and dots, you know, as being a good connector and power necker where my, my skills have become is like, once I identify like your referral partners or your sphere, or even in your industry, and I've seen enough people, I can most likely give you handfuls of people that will most likely be really beneficial to your business. Yeah. You know, help you get more business. That's where using your social capital to get other people's social capital is probably one of the most highest leverages activity you can do. Mm. Yeah. You know, and that's as a new business owner, I would say is and using your social capital, having he being that my silo mindset, hey, all my contacts are mine and stuff like that is not going to allow you to do this. You have to completely open up, be completely exposed and vulnerable, allow yourself to be vulnerable to give first. Yes. And I tell you, the more you do that, the more effective those relationships are and the more long lasting they are. Amen. I don't know. I mean, this is me, this, you know, maybe if I'm wrong here, but this is how I'm learning going through this. Like I said, this is fascinating to me because this is something I was never good at or even even noticed. Sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know this stuff existed, <laughs> you know? So I'm like, wow like wow and like even like you know like learning like some of the stuff even going back to like you know i, I read all the memoirs of, of marcus aurelius you know he was the he was the leader of rome he was an emperor of rome and he uh, he basically uh you know applied stoicism to how he managed and ran his whole empire <laughs> and some of the things that he did back then are so applicable today you know two thousand years ago his mindset is still valuable today and and if you apply this principle-based thinking where you're not kind of like what's in it for me right. uh, if you do it for the greater good and the higher you know for everybody involved that tends to lead to better opportunities and trust and i just look for those things you know i like to i feel really good about connected people i get emails all the time saying oh my god you helped me with this and that years ago or something i did and that's kind of nice you know to know i kind of inspired or helped or did something that, you know, it helps another human being. Yeah. Way to go. I love it. It, it just, your, your giving mentality, your helping others is, is just a, it's refreshing to hear. So it oh. sounds like it's all been, uh, you know, more than worth it in terms of you got a lot of incredible people in your life who has, who have helped you along your journey. Mac, if they were all on the show here today, what would you want to say to them? Thank you. I mean, I appreciate all your help. I mean, I'm really humbled to have such good people around me, you know? Fantastic. I mean, that's the, the, the only thing I could do. I'm just, I'm excited to be part of that, you know? Yeah. Awesome. I mean, what else could I say? <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's that's, 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 that's what people want to hear. So that's awesome. Hey, Matt, it's the truth, you know? It's, uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure as well. To everyone who tuned in, thanks for listening to the Self-Made as a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campbell. Be sure to help spread the movement by liking us and sharing us on your social media. And to join our movement, go to bemadtogether.com. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Make sure to pay it forward, and I'll see you all next time. Take care.
Sounds good. Thank you.